Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Demas. How's it going, Mike? How was your, well, week, I guess, it's Thursday? So. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the Black Friday week. It was Thanksgiving and all the good stuff that happened. Um, it's been pretty good. I, I mean, I'll, I'm trying to think, a, lot's ha- a lot has happened. Um, the Mandalorian is out. To... I watched that. No. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so much Mandalorian. So much we Mandalorian. Let's write, write, um, yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but why don't we right at the beginning talk about uh, Black Friday stuff and then for people interested in Wally or the Mandalorian or maybe some games that I bought. I'll try to keep that separate. Yeah, I was thinking um, I was thinking some of that uh, too. Is that it wouldn't be terrible if we I know you and I talk before the show, we always discuss like what what we're going to talk about. It's so like starting some of that stuff early on so that, you know, uh, uh, people listening can say like, "Oh, they might talk about this." Granted, we don't get to half the stuff, but we know that we're probably going to talk about like <laughs> Black Friday things. We're going to talk about Wally today. Um, I think you got some some indies or some Switch games, right? That that you bought. Yeah. I bought some Mortal Kombat 11, so I wouldn't mind talking about that. And went to the Galloping Ghost. Uh, yeah. So let's let's start with maybe the Black Friday some kind of thing. Thanksgiving recap and Black Friday, aside from video game stuff, and we'll put that in its sure. own segment. So I, I did. I saw, and, and I don't think this is a Black Friday thing, but I think I saw it during Black Friday week. I or and a little mm-hmm. bit before I saw. Um, Frozen 2, can't remember if I mentioned that before, um, which was pretty fantastic. They, they did a good I job. I know you talked about it. I don't remember if it was on the air. Right. It's a, it's, a, it's a good show. I liked it. I think it matches up to evenly on par quality and good story and everything to the first one. So okay. hopefully it'll continue to do well because I like good movies that do well. I'm, I'm always amazed at how many you know bad shows there are out there and for kid shows. <laughs> and then Disney still puts a good one out. They had some clunkers, yeah, but you know, it's good. The, yeah, they've not all been winning. Yeah, my youngest sister has been trying to get us together to go see that. And I, you know, I was in a room where the original movie was on. Mm-hmm. So I have a vague idea of the story, but most of it I couldn't hear because oh. it was a loud room. So you've not seen the first <laughs> um, one? I mean, I have, but again, that was the only, uh, that was the only time that I saw it and there was enough noise that I couldn't really hear it. Ah. Um, but I could see what was happening and well, it's, it's good. I, I, we've, we rewatched frozen. I think a couple of times and you had that on this week and, and it's, it's a, it's a great show. Frozen two is, is great too. It's got good music. I think that the music is maybe even better than the first one. Um, uh, my girlfriend commented that there's a lot of music, which I kind of agree with. There's a lot more, <laughs> more seems like music on there, but they all are pretty good and pretty fun. Uh, so I did that one. Um, Turkey Day was great. You know, family. All the that other kind of movie stuff. that's out uh, right now is Last Christmas with um, uh, Felici. Oh, what's her name? Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. I've um, not seen that one. And I was kind of put off it by uh, the Geek Scholar's reaction to the trailer, but I happened to see the soundtrack in the CD at Target, like at midnight on Thursday or whatever. Right. And the soundtrack is all George Michael and Wham, like <laughs> Last Christmas, the song. And I'm like, well, now I'm kind of interested. <laughs> well, the- So I don't know if we'll make it to the theater Later this week, this weekend, I might have an update on that. Wow. The uh, speaking of Disney stuff and trailers, mission uh, is uh, we didn't talk about this before, but the Mulan trailer came out today or yesterday, mm. and that's really good. I mean it it looks really good. 
Uh, is that like a second trailer? I feel like I've seen at least a teaser. Uh, I think it's the first one. I mean, they might have done like an announcement where they like show her face and it says Mulan and that's it, but they've never shown any scenes. Uh, okay. So this, I saw, yeah, go. I saw something like that and it, it seemed intriguing. You know, I've gotten more interested and fascinated by Eastern uh, cultures over the years. Yeah. Although, I don't know, without. It, it depends on whether or not they have Eddie Murphy or some. <laughs> well, know, well, that's something that they, they didn't that show a, a, an Eddie Murphy in this one. I will say that Eddie Murphy was the only thing that I liked uh, really much at all about that first first the cartoon. This one from the trailer looks to be heavily centered on emotional connection. Like like sure. the I think the half of the movie is kind of like showing Mulan's relationship with her father and how. You know, he does everything to try to support the family and he's going to go to to war. It leads up to why she makes the decision to go and pretend that she's a son because they only want sons. And yeah. and it's 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 I mean, that first part, you're like, oh, I, I can see where we're going to get emotional connection to the dad. And because he's so he, the good, a good actor, it seems like and good writing we will have a connection and that's, you'll want to go on. You would like, I would make the same choice, right? You got to go save and do the, do the mm -hmm. thing. So that looks really good. And then obviously her journey and stuff, but they, they didn't show, I thought that Mulan was kind of corny. Most of the way through, it was a lot of Eddie Murphy, all the, sure. they had comic relief when she went to the guys in the tents. There's only like mm -hmm. a few serious things. So this looks to be taking it a different route. Not dark serious, but like, you know, good serious. I mean, it's the kind of story that you can definitely do with a lot less comedy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could go no comedy, but... Right. Um, well, I, everything should have some kind of... You could definitely do a different take on this story. Like, it's a heavy thing in a, you know, I don't know how understandable or relatable the culture is to kids now. Um, right. But... Well, the, it looks Maybe good. Maybe they can get that across and explain that in a way that they do in the in the original cartoon. Like you get you get that it's you know it's this ancient culture. Men and women have very different roles, very specific roles, and you know ancestors and honor and yeah. And and he he says stuff. that in the trailer, the the dad says things like um, he doesn't he doesn't they don't flat out. Speaking of cultural differences, they don't flat out say, oh, well, back then in China, women were, you know, second class citizens, like which they kind of sure. were. But they, they don't say that because that would be insulting to the culture. What they kind of say is that the dad says things like, I serve my family in this way and you serve your family in this way. And this is how we all honor yeah. the family and, and we all make each other better and in a very positive kind of way. So it makes her feel it doesn't make her feel like she's embarrassed to be a woman in the family. Like we can't all know. be acupuncturists. Exactly. So, so she, uh, it looks like it's not a bad thing to be a woman. It's just that she's not a man and a man is needed. Right. So, so anyway, that the trailer looks really good. I have to watch that one. Um, there was a couple other trailers that came out. A new bond trailer came out and we'll, mm. we'll, we'll do some trailer trash next week and, and watch some stuff. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those. So I'll have to get caught up. In that. Yeah, I, 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 so I did you, uh, did you make any, Irresponsible purchases over the last week. Uh, I wouldn't say irresponsible. I did buy. I'm using I'm using the word tongue and cheek. No, no, I get it because because I, I do mostly make a lot of irresponsible purchases at Black Friday. I will agree. I, I bought movies. Um, this year I bought about a hundred dollars in movies, and I got a ton of them. So that's pretty okay. good too. Um, sometimes I'll spend like two hundred dollars on movies, um, for the collection. 
just good stuff that I, I, you know, it's funny. I thought that I, I wouldn't buy anything this year. I thought that I'd, I've been buying it all along and going through it. And uh, then I got to Black Friday and there was a whole bunch of stuff that was super on sale. Like, like I, I don't think I'd ever buy Detective Pikachu on Blu-ray, <laughs> but for $5, I'd buy it. Sydney loves it. So, and it's not a bad movie. So, you know, things like that. I, I hope, bought a whole bunch of those. Um, I Christmas actually bought Gears. a handful of um, of digital movies. The Microsoft Store oh, yeah. had a bunch of movies. I remember on you saying that, yeah. The It's the Movies Anywhere service. I think it's the same one I that do like a that. lot of the DVD, Blu-ray mm-hmm. services use that you put in a code. Um, but they had stuff. They had a bunch of stuff under $10. Like awesome. Newer stuff like Wonder Woman and right. John Wick 2 and... Um, some of those so yeah i bought john Wick i did, three. That's I, bought I did some of that which is new i didn't i didn't buy any physical movies mm-hmm. um that's not really my my thing still I, I did buy a couple of um did buy a couple of records went to the the local record store and the, i didn't know this is probably not a not a thing you even know about but there's a there's a record store day i think it's kind of similar to um they do something similar at comic shops. Okay. Um, like comic shop day or something like that. Okay. I don't know if you you would know about that. It's, it's, you know, you're talking about like free comic day type thing? Where the, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they do... So somebody, studios or whoever manufactures records, will do like re-releases or special editions or sometimes new things. Way to get people to That come are a in. special like record store day edition i don't think they're free oh, but um they had some of those and they had like special black friday record store deal things i got um an album that is miles davis live in tokyo i think from like 67 mm. i haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but the guy at the store said it was really cool so i bought that nice. and then uh target had deals on some of their records and so i bought um no it wasn't target it was kohl's actually okay. um i got the guardians of the galaxy oh yeah volume one i think i saw a uh a picture that you'd sent onto that looked good. yeah because i also got one of the things that i follow had a a record like display shelf mm-hmm. thing it's like two pieces of wood with two pieces of plexiglass it's super minimal mm-hmm. but it's, it's pretty cool i set it up today i'll put a picture and a link in the show notes it's a it's a solid that's a solid record there i mean that that really yeah, has got a lot of great songs on it a lot of classic i think i bought the digital guy. version of that the um i did i did uh splurge a little bit i guess on uh, i bought i was going back and forth to this and i listeners would know that i was kind of thinking about this um of buying new external hard drive for my plex stuff and mm-hmm. i was going back and forth and then i finally got as black friday ads came out i got a little bit like i'm not sad but like uh well because the price for what I wanted was a 10 terabyte drive, and it was just too expensive, even on any kind sure. of Black Friday stuff. And then I got, uh, I think I meant, I texted it to you, and you texted me the whole idea of what's called shucking a, an external drive. And I was like, what? Is that a thing? And like, it's so amazing. I was sitting there, I remember on, on the couch, and I got your text, and I was like, wait, is this real? And then I YouTubed the video, and you sent a video, and I was like, this is totally a thing. So shucking for the listeners is just using an external drive taking all the outside out and it's just an internal drive inside of it um yeah. and it's for half the price which is yeah stunning for, for some reason they're cheaper but stunning um i was a little concerned about this there was some model uh western digital did for a little while where you had to like 
cover up a pin or something. But mm. I've done it with two Western Digitals and one Seagate, and it's uh, uh, it's super easy. Yeah, it, barely it really barely an inconvenience. Say it looked easy in the video. So I, I I did that came in the other day I think, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm kind of excited. It's a 10 terabyte drive for all my media stuff, and um. I you know I may pick up another one and start doing the whole raid array type thing for it. So yeah, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but that's sort of what I did. Um, Newegg had a sale on the Western Digital ten terabytes a couple months ago, and so I bought a second one of those and a um, a case. It's funny I took them out of that case to put them in another case, but a big case like you would see on a Synology or a a, a raid device that holds four drives and. So then it's, you know, one USB cable and one power cord instead of three of each of those. Right. Yeah. My, mine will um, fit. It's like a SATA drive. It'll fit right in the, in the, the yeah. thing. So we're just yeah. going to be, I don't know. So that was, that was really cool. That was a neat purchase that I hadn't bought. I bought some, um, but I think I finished, I bought, uh, plugs. So I think I've, I was just doing counting when I was buying mm. the smart plugs for the house. And I was like. Uh, I think this makes all of them. Like I think at least everything <laughs> that I plug stuff into regularly now has, yeah. it's going to have smart plugs in them. So that makes me pre- feel pretty good about that. Um, and honestly, if I was smarter about it, I would just buy like actual wall outlet smart stuff. But mm. you know, those are, it's easier for me to justify it's, black Friday purchases one at a time type thing instead of <laughs> right. Right. Cause they're so expensive. Um, the, so some of the other stuff I got, I bought another um, Razer keyboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Razer's um, good. I, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the show, but I, if I am going somewhere, you know, away from home and I'm going to work for more than a day, um, I take my computer with me. It's a Mac Mini. And then I have a portable monitor. It's just like the screen part of a 15-inch laptop. And I've been taking my full-size keyboard, which is a Razer uh, Black Widow with the five extra keys on the left end. And it's just big enough that I can squeeze it into my suitcase, my carry-on suitcase. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I should have a smaller keyboard for when I do this. Because I toyed with the idea of getting a couple-year-old MacBook or MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, for that same purpose, I'm like, if I just have a laptop for a couple days, I can do. But then I'm like, like the low end of those is six or seven hundred dollars, and I'm like, that's a lot yeah. for you know a grand total of like two weeks a year at most. Right. And I was like, what if I just get a smaller keyboard? I was hoping to find a deal on Razer wireless mice mouse because I use the Death Adder and it's got a nice long cord, but sometimes I'm like, it'd be nice if this worked wireless i didn't find any deals on those but i did get this keyboard it's basically the same size as and i'll put a link and pictures on the show notes but if you take the five extra keys and the whole 10 keys off the keyboard and then all the extra space and bevels around it so the keys and the spacing of the keys and everything is all the same it's still mechanical keys um but the whole thing is much smaller yeah um, so for so I, say I, I bought I bought a like a key, nice keyboard and mouse to carry with my for my iPad and like a little mount type thing and it's not mm. not like an actual workstation kind of like what you're going for 
but it, it was nice that and it all fits in my the bag that I carry the iPad in. Yeah, for sure. And it's like that's really nice to be able to have that all at once. And I, I think last week I needed it. I sat down at a at like at school at a desk thing and plopped it out. I had my keyboard and I could do <laughs> things that I couldn't do before. Speaking of Razor, there was a thing an uh, article on um, Kotaku today, I think, about how the Razor CEO berated and threatened his staff, former employees. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Everything it's like every day. It's like every day somebody's getting like, oh, we we better not buy Razor because or not buy this because some dude got pissed off one time. I'm like, you know what? People are it's just get over yourselves. You know, I, I mean, that's it's it's public knowledge now. Like he's going to get consequences for that. If you boycott the company, you know, most likely effect you're going to have is nothing. The what whatever you imagine effect you have is like the company goes under and all the other employees who right. were innocent bystanders are going to lose their jobs. Right. Well, good. You, you sure showed them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's just terrible. I guess I, I grew up in a, in a world where, you know, some bosses were just those hard nosed bosses, the, the Perry whites or something that were like grumpy dudes that, you know, their managerial style was being jerks to their employees. And what that did was, some people really enjoyed it and other people just quit, right? It's just one of those, you just find other jobs. That job was terrible. No matter how much you paid, it was terrible because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's a little bit, um, you know, it's like it's like going through boot camp in the military or something. Like, some people thrive in that atmosphere and some people don't and they wash out. And, of course, that's super insensitive to people stuck in those kind of situations. Sure, but but not every, the thing is that a lot of times with in today's cultural society is that if you do one thing wrong, everything is destroyed. Like it doesn't matter. Sure. It doesn't. And I'm not talking about like big things. I'm talking about like this is somebody getting mad at somebody else. Yeah, we're not. We're not talking about like assault. Or, no, you right. Know, serious issues. We're talking about crunch and you know. Yeah, people being not nice to somebody else. Over, overly aggressive. Right. Uh, and I don't. Whatever yeah. words mean things. It, Just like. A, a boss that's quote unquote mean, right? And then it, it gets in the media, and it's like, oh man, that's a terrible thing to, you know, that company's yeah, terrible. Don't buy from Razor, like, or you know, like there's this zero tolerance policy. Yeah, er everything in the world it feels in workplaces and, and life shouldn't be that way, where you have to walk around not feeling. But you know, today's culture is a weird thing. Anyway, moving moving off of that one, um, I also anyway. got to, I got to go to uh, Galloping Ghost this last weekend too, which was it was a, it was we oh, right we did a uh, you know, it was like a Thanksgiving and then on Thursday then I did another family Thanksgiving on Friday and that night I went to Indianapolis then straight to Chicago and went a whole day there and drove back. We got four in the morning, picked up. It was a lot, <laughs> but the crux of it is that I did. Um, we left at about five in the morning to go to Galloping Ghost to get to Chicago and meet with meet people and then came back straight without sleeping or anything and stopping at four thirty the next day. So it was a long Galloping Ghost. Um yeah. it was fun. You know, it's always fun with friends and hanging out and stuff like that. They've got a uh the Chinese shop next door that we always went to is which is the uh like really cruddy Chinese food, right? The worst mm -hmm. kind you can get. <laughs> You know, do you mean like you when you're there is is closed? So we were sad and found us. Oh, it's gone. Other it's crappy. Gone. So was it like was it like um, more authentic? New, there were some new games this year's new games we played was uh, the um, we played a, an aliens shooting kind of game where you have like the guns, you know, actual shooting like a rail shooter. 
Um, what else? I think that's that, and like a we did like a Doctor Mario type mar- mm. marathon thing. Uh, but good good times. We we spent I spent some time on pinball. I think I'm getting last our last trip was really big <laughs> on pinball, and we really just spent a ton of time on pinball this year. I don't know why. I think we just lost our lost our our mm. passion for pinball, and then you start realizing that like I, I we had a friend that was there that made a comment that really made me think. He said he said uh, I think it was my buddy Bill. He said, guess the show. He said, um, when I'm paying for pinball, I don't get upset. He says, when I, I'm paying for it for free, quote unquote, I get upset at, at the game. I was like, well, I don't mm. understand that. He's like, well, mm. if I'm paying a dollar or 50 cents to play a pinball game and I shoot the, the ball and it goes around the ramp and then it just shoots straight down the middle and you lose the ball by no fault of my own whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's good. And then just walk away. Right. Hmm. But when it's free, it goes down the middle and then you're like really bothered because you want to pl- you you are keep playing so that you can try and do the ramps or the quests or the scores or whatever it is. But now you just have to you just wasted two balls and you're on a third. So it just takes a long time to have a lucky streak type thing. And it makes That's you interesting. It makes you more mad than if hmm. you just walked away. Yeah. So anyway, it's pinball is pinball. <laughs> but that but that was fun. Um okay, do you want to do you want to talk about video games first or movies and shows and then say video games for the end? Let's say video games for the end. Okay. Let's start off then by talking about our weekly challenge, the Pixar movie Wally. <laughs> This was the last in the the big era of um, John Lasseter and the guys that created Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, little on the if you watch the extras on this one, like some of the, the stuff. Uh, John Lasseter talks about how they sat down when they were with Steve Jobs and some of these other really big name people, and right. and started talking about the kind of movies they wanted to make. And it was literally a napkin idea thing where they literally they sat down in a diner, we're having lunch, and they started writing ideas and sketching things on a napkin. Oh, you're talking about in the early days, like back in the 90s. Yes, like in the early days of yeah. making things. And one of them was this thing about toys coming alive and the life of toys and right. you know, and cars. And the, one about bugs, one about cars, yes. one about and, fish. And then the last one that they made was, uh, so they've made all those movies, and the only one they didn't make yet was about a little robot in the future mm-hmm. and that was wally so this was this movie was the last of the first pixar ideas the, the first wave of pixar films yeah so it'd be like phase one i guess sure and then at some point they got folded back into disney well disney bought he them, did because yeah. john laster worked for disney first and then right pixar was a separate thing that disney contracted things correct and they, and they actually acquired. separated from disney for a while and they disney didn't i mean pixar didn't make movies for them anymore um, right, they did their own stuff. They did their own stuff, and then Disney obviously bought them. Bought them, um, but they were no, they were started with Steve Jobs. Actually, that's a thing about it was always interesting. So, this movie, the the, I mean, we say this, and I say this, and we've definitely said this. When you're talking about movies for kids, um, and TV shows, it's the same. It's the same thing. I generally divide them in a big, you know, in a big split between. The, from my perspective, being a 
you know, adult with no kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good ones and the bad ones. <laughs> okay. And, and, and then even the good ones, there's some levels in there. But the bad ones are just 100% for kids. Sure. With no no anything that's relatable or entertaining in any way to a, you know, an adult with a fully developed mind. Right. Sure. And I'm being a little harsh there, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I do get that. And, and I totally do. Can, can you give an example of like one that might off the top of your head? I know these are usually forgettable. That's why you don't watch them. But can we think of yeah, one? Yeah. Um, that's for example. Tough. Um, I mean, I mean, I think I still think like things like Space Jam or um, uh, like even Tom and Jerry type cartoons. Those are sure you you get a little things. bit of that. Like last year we watched um, um, Christmas Chronicle or whatever with Kurt Russell and just a lot of things where you look at it and you're like an adult looks at it and says, that's dumb. A kid looks at it and says, that's awesome. And then. In that genre, we're getting more into, like, young adult kind of stuff, where I think you even, like, Star Wars kind of treads that line mm-hmm. sometimes, depending on which movie you're talking about. Right. Um, but as you get younger, the divide becomes even more apparent. Sure. And the good stuff is stuff that has both. Like, there's stuff that's entertaining to kids, and they don't know why. You can go back and listen to our conversations about either Toy Story or Toy Story 4 um, to get some of that. You know, references I didn't understand even as a, you know, young tween teen when I mostly watched the original Toy Story that I now watch in my late 30s and go, oh, that's what that is. Right. Um, You know, stuff that adults got, like adults in the 90s knew, um, what's his name, from Cheers, who's oh, yeah. in this movie Ratzenberg too. or something, uh, yeah. Rat, 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 Rathen, Ratzenberg, R A T. Yep. Yeah. John, right. John, John Ratzenberger. Yep. Who you said is in all the Pixar. He is in all of them movies, at least in a in some small part. He plays Ham in Toy Story. Right. Um, he's a John in Wally. Yeah, he's the guy, the the regular guy in the chair, right? Who talks? <laughs> who talks? Um. Him? So most of this movie, d- d- I'm sure you noticed this, doesn't even have words, dialogue, for like half of it. No, and so so one of the things that's happening here is how much can be expressed with just one word, mm-hmm. right? The two robots mostly just say each other's name. Right. Um, the Eve robot says some other stuff, just says directive and whatever, and you get a lot of... Like I said last week when we were talking about um, the Coen brothers or or Kurosawa, um, visual storytelling. Yeah. Right? Between the music and this little bit of a voice, you get the story through, through gestures, through visual um, medium. Yeah, and, and the... The the one of the best uh, examples of that is early on when Wally's doing his normal chores, and at the end of the night he comes home he watches the the music thing which is there's the music cue he watches Hello, the Dolly. right, uh, but he he tucks himself in and he does a little like his hand comes out and he pushes himself away and to, he rocks. to rock. That's very visual storytelling. It just gives you a feeling of who Wally is just by a little bit of thing he's doing right. Well and. And think about, this is a thing that we've seen, 
I don't remember what movie. There's like a classic live action Disney movie where I've seen this before. But how many times have we seen the story of a, a robot or android or something um, learns to feel, learns to love, mm-hmm. right? Like develops feelings, becomes more human. And then something happens and they go back to just being a robot again. Oh, yeah. With, with Wally does. And if you see this, you know, if the if the robot is if it's an android, if it's, you know, human normal in its appearance, then you can, you know, have like dead eyed expression. Mm-hmm. And Pixar being Pixar manages to take this Wally robot. It's like a box with tank treads, little <laughs> arms and these two eyes and make it change from, you know, alive to not not alive right like right. even when she boots it back up like you can tell that he's that he's dead and that's conveyed through a series of actions and sounds like there's no there's no dialogue necessary to explain that yeah he he does he does if you watch like they when they animate him his every move he does his eyes are moving up or down he's got like kind of mm-hmm. eyebrow movements and mm-hmm. and and he his pupils get bigger and smaller, but when he reverts back to OG Wally, I guess is that he doesn't have any of that. It's just a straight robot squared face where he doesn't move and his pupils never change. So it's just very robotic. It's just like zoom level. Yeah. I should have hit the bell before we started this conversation, but um, if you're, if you're still listening, we're going to spoil Wally. If it hasn't already been spoiled, (laughs) it's a 10 year old movie, but Skip ahead if you don't want to get spoiled on Wally. Is this really only ten years? It feels like it's longer than ten years, but uh, two thousand eight, so wow. eleven years. Oh. Um, the but the the point I wanted to make about movies with content for adults, this movie is rated G. Okay, and it's and it's one hundred percent dystopian, right? Like. Yeah. It's I think I said this in the group chat. It's it's like if Pixar wanted to make an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> except it's except it's Pixar, so you know, there's hope at the end. Right. Um, but you have this vision of a world of an earth that got so covered in trash and consumerism and you know, by and large, which is like a sort of Walmart or, mm-hmm. or big box parody, that the people all went into space in these arcs. And over time, these systems designed to make life easier eventually made life too easy. Yeah. So that the people were just entertained nonstop and just stayed in this static, sedentary um, sort of lifestyle for 700-some years. You know, it's funny is that the, the relevance of this this thing doesn't really change because I watched this this week and I felt that same way. I mean, I felt it felt even more relevant now, like as things get easier and there's more and more things. And, and I, as an adult, find more convenient ways to do things. Uh, mm-hmm. Earlier before the show, we were talking about how you used to run wire from your computer to the TV, to, <laughs> to the things we had to do mechanically. And now things are just very much easier within clicks and and you don't have to go to the store to buy movies. You don't have to go to the to do anything. And as John and them were they were going through the the world, the axiom, and 
all the things they were doing, like, hey, here's, would you like a shake? Here's a shake. It's delivered to you. He just hands off his shake to a robot who picks it up. And, and as, as these things were happening, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I can see how this happened. Like, really easily see how this happened. Like, I, yeah. I guarantee you, we are already in a very big phase of the world where we don't have to go out for so much now. It's groceries are delivered and every mm-hmm. product is delivered straight to our door. We barely have to go out. Um, and as more and more as we get like uh, tech kind of jobs, where do we really even have to go out and talk to people at work? So it's it's you can see how this works, right? It's not a big, sure. it's not a big thing a leap and and of course there is the thing where like all good sci-fi you have to not uh tug too hard on a thread oh sure sure right right have to not quite you know there's a moment where two of the you know obese characters in the floating chairs hold hands and they're like oh you know human contact right kind of thing except there are baby humans like well, the species that yeah, but survived it, for 700 years. I would years, assume so. that they're 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 vat grown. That's what I, I probably they were just... probably like, you know, there's all that kind of stuff you can explain. Right. Um they they come back to earth and there's, you know, there's one plant like it, that grew in a refrigerator somehow. Like there's some of that stuff, but oh, sure, you, sure. you know. But but it, it's, it's still you get that you get the when it, they tell a point right away, right? The, the the very first scene you see that the the world is destroyed, you know, and they're... Yeah, and you see the piles, and then you see, you know, they show Wally making the cubes and and lining them up, and then, you know, they sort of speed that up, and you see, like, oh, he's building these stacks the way that, you know, the slaves built the pyramids, <laughs> and and this is just, he's just been doing this, you know, he's the last one, you know, seemingly, yeah. that he's he's just been... He's just been rolling. He's been swapping out parts as he needs to from other broken models. And right, um, See, scenes yeah. that I liked in, in this one a lot of times were like when they showed the commercial for all the Wallies. You know, like where they they'll dig you out type thing, and mm-hmm. like oh, it, it looked like an army of Wallies. Like that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate it. I I appreciate it the first time I watched this, but again this time was the uh, the fact that they had a real person as the president. Like that, mm-hmm. that seems like something they didn't have to do, but is so interesting of a choice, right? Yeah. Like just out of nowhere, they, and it feels like it fits just fine, right? That there's a normal dude. Yeah. It's, it's sort of strange. It's really strange. And, and they don't mention anything about it, you know, but it, it is what it is. The, uh, so I thought that that was pretty good. The, the giant wallies I liked, um, I, I I'd forgotten about when he gets flushed down as mm. the gigantic walls. Right. Um but yeah, the this show and it continues to have a lot of all the way throughout, not just the beginning, but like of just visual storytelling where you don't have to have stuff. When anytime with any of the robots, obviously it's that way, when they're he tries to save um uh, Eva from uh, when they go are, are like polishing her and checking her out at the hospital. <laughs> right like all of the robots in there don't say anything and yeah and all the times that he doesn't understand right he's in a strange environment and he keeps trying to do stuff to help her but he's making mistakes and she like they just say each other's names but it's all clear like, oh yeah you know when she's angry she's at angry him, at him or right. she's scared for him or she's worried or she's happy or, and she's yeah yeah 
Yeah. The like when they when they have it's even funny, they have like a romantic scene type thing when they're they're out in space, right? Right. And, and, and they're and they're dancing they're you know, swirling around while the captain is learning what dancing is. Which is pretty great, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, and she has like a hand and they hold hands and it's it's I mean, what a neat little thing to show with robots. I mean, she's right. a little bit easier because she's got like facial digital thing. Uh, but all of them, the robots, like it makes you feel very sentimental about these two robots. Um, and, and also another thing to point out, too, was really interesting about the show is that they make a cockroach seem OK. Right. Yeah. Pixar has a cockroach as a character because that's the only thing that survived. Yeah, that's the joke, you know, right? These, these 700 years in a, a planet covered with trash. And the, not only that, like you, you remember, did you see what he was eating? He was living on the cockroach was. A Twinkie. A Twinkie. He's living on yeah. Twinkies. Yeah, which is great because yeah. they survived as well. I liked when, um, well, they do the, they do the wheel, the ship's wheel, and he's calling it Otto, and I'm hearing O T T O. Oh, and like autopilot. Right, but then eventually you realize it's the autopilot, right. and when it throws him off, it spins, and so the whole ship tilts, and there's that whole thing. But right. when he gets that overridden, and, um. Fred Willard, the president, is telling them, you know, giving them instructions for what to do now that they've found yeah. life and, and all that. And then when he says Axiom, it's clearly like like a mail merge or whatever the <laughs> digital version of a mail merge is. Like, right. the, the Axiom will continue its journey back toward Earth. Like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a auto-generated message. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I, really, I really enjoy this. Again, watching it many times that I've seen it. Um, the, it's just cute. It's feel good. It makes me happy, I guess. And sad. There's moments of fear in it, like genuine stuff. When you think that mm-hmm. Wally sacrifices himself and it could really be a thing. And there's, there are true moments of danger because like you said, it's a dystopian future. Not every, you know that not everything's perfect here. It is a Disney movie slash Pixar movie. So things are going to be happy, but somebody mm-hmm. could, you know, maybe he sacrifices himself. And I mean, there's almost so let's um I think we could probably go into final sure yeah, yeah I'm fine. So we don't spoil the ending um I talked at the beginning about stuff for kids versus stuff for parents um there's a whole story here that kids can get right right the, these this cute little robot and then a a new robot comes she's a girl robot and they go through all this stuff and they go on this sort of wacky adventure and there's some danger, some gasp tension moments. And then at the end, the, well, the end, I just said, I was, <laughs> um, it has a happy ending. Let's all just say that right. generically. Right. I think you knew that if you're watching a Disney Pixar film, um, the credit scene, by the way, we didn't talk about then, the spoiler section. The credit scene was neat. Like that's, yeah. that, that added to the movie. Okay. And then, there's this whole story only the parents understand about the implications of a planet covered in trash and all the humans are gone and all of that kind of stuff. So in yeah. true, there's a lot, you know, Pixar fashion, there's, there's story here for both. And in this movie more so even than a lot of the other ones, like it's almost two parallel stories depending on how, um, you know, how aware of the world you are. Yeah, how, because like not honestly, necessarily how old none you are, of the robots at all care about Earth and what happened to it and and any of that. Like they care about but, getting her directive, 
but they don't care right. about continuing saving the earth or anything. When whereas the the human storyline isn't really about that either, but we know that there's another storyline about yeah. you know, the adults do, I guess, that know about saving earth and making it whole again. Uh, All right. So, so yeah. I I saw this in the theater and I don't think I had seen it between then and now. Oh, okay. It's possible sure. that I saw it once, but you know, I spent many years with no real reasonable opportunity to be mm -hmm. watching kids movies. So, um would you include this on your 100 movies to see before you die? I, that's haven't? that's a tough one because I I I like a lot of animated shows like a pixar 3d animated things toy story would definitely be on my list um would wally be on my list man a hundred movies is a lot this poster has three pixar films at least three it does what does it got toy story this, this is the third one we've seen toy story up and wally oh yeah i guess if you got to place it with up or, or wally i'd probably put wally above up um, I, I kind of lean that way too. Yeah. Depending on when this poster was made, I would almost, I would, I think I would have to include Inside Out. That's a good one. That's that definitely might, a good one. That might have come out newer than this. I think I would put Inside Out before Up. Maybe. I mean, Up has a lot of good heart, a lot of good story between like getting old. That's its, its story there about, you know, yeah. your, your life and, and being young and old versus old. But I think of the big stories that, that these are trying to tell, Wally does, has, has a really rock solid one there's, all around. Yeah, there's no other, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, aside from movies in the same franchise, Pixar doesn't really make redundant movies, but there's nothing, I can't think of anything else like this like wally that yeah. has this it's i mean the premise and the setup is is fairly dark like dark in a way that you know the first 15 minutes of up aren't even because of the scope of it like yeah. the opening to up is very personally um not dark but sad where where this is is just dark. It's so dark for a kids movie. Yeah, and and they don't um, they don't really. It's funny is that they don't make it dark. Like it's dark. No. It's for sure. Like like the no. whole what the plight of the humans and where they are now. The, the fact that they're basically useless lumps of nothing. Mm. And and <laughs> that's a dark thing. That's a really serious thing. That, yeah. Like we're all yeah. horrible now. That we're nothing. And and they don't they don't say it that way. It's all done in a very light hearted way because they're all like shiny screens and by and large mm -hmm. stuff and they're all talking funny talk to their friends and the hairdresser you know right so it's said in a light way but as we said in the spoiler section the the adults viewing it is you know they get it they get that like oh yeah. this is not a good thing that we're seeing here in these flashy colors and that's what makes like you said it's something i've not really seen before it is a dark thing with a dystopian stuff but said in a positive way but not positive you know definitely not positive it's, but it's overlaid with this you know pixar you know shine yeah. and also this you know heartwarming adorable story about these robots i think i think for me it would it would stay on the list man i i kind of gotta say too i think i think if there's two of these that i would put on i mean i or three i i would put toy story one toy story three and this one i think mm. that those are all good movies that have a lot to say and are really like emotionally good movies. This one has 
this not just has emotionally good stuff to it. It has a good story to tell. It has a good thing to tell about the humans and lesson to teach, I guess. Right. At some at some point when we have a week off, we should watch Inside Out. I want to talk about it now, but I don't want to. I actually did watch it just a couple weeks ago uh, for um, because Disney Plus came out. And that's one of the first that's mm. one I don't own. And ah. I, I really enjoyed it. And, it. and watching it again, I will say just as a quick thing, I liked it just as much, if not more. Yeah. I realized yeah. I remembered how good it was. So yeah, it's 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 doing something in a in a way that the even the rest of their catalog has not done in such a not literal because it's well whatever. Yeah, um, that movie does I'll, a I'll watch like, it really again and then we'll sad talk about it. sad <laughs> things that like what Riley goes through forever when she loses like joy, and it's just. Really, like, that's a terrible, sad thing for a kid. She's crying about parents and friends. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, it's the worst kind of thing you could see from a kid. Because, like, we all all live, you know, unique individual lives. But I think everybody, regardless of, like, you know, maybe your parents never got divorced. Maybe you never had to move. Everybody remembers, you know major times especially the first time when you experience something emotionally traumatic yeah right right and even if that you know whatever the scale of that is like a family moving is maybe not as traumatic to someone whose parents get divorced but to you in that moment it sure feels like it right and and it they uh pixar we'll, we'll talk about this next week but pixar uh takes the edge off because amy poehler is Mm-hmm. makes the movie like she makes she takes everything that is so difficult and hard about this movie and is always amy poehler i mean she's always happy and or who, who uh um the girl from parks and rec uh, she's always leslie nope you know she's always yeah upbeat and, and positive and and good and that character is mostly on the screen thankfully because when you have these hard times with riley then you get you get the pixar gives us right. this other stuff so actually, speaking of um speaking of not Leslie Nope, Amy Poehler. Uh, season two of Making It just, just started. Oh, I haven't seen the first one. I need really, I should watch that first one. Hey, uh, so what are we? Um, what are we watching next week? Oh man, we did not talk about this. Let me... All right, we we did a little bit. We were like, do we want to? You know, go with another happy, hopeful. I'll tell you what. It was it was nice to see uh, Wally after some some hard shows that, <laughs> that we've watched. That after were, last week's picks, last week um, a couple of those. Yeah, we're. Okay, let's uh, let's keep pushing off Lord of the Rings and um, wait, watch. wait. We're, we're gonna push Lord of the Rings off, but we're gonna watch it this month, though. Yes, hmm. because I know that I've got time off from work, and it's a good holiday. Oh, you do. Maybe maybe we'll watch that like between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, it doesn't sound terrible. Hey, how is uh, is Die Hard on this list? Because I can't believe Die Hard is not on this list if it's not. Well, didn't we watched and talked about Die Hard? Because that's Christmas. that is a, okay. So that is a Christmas. That was show. that was before we started. Okay. Uh, the poster. Okay, cool. Okay, let's let's watch Amelie. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, that's one I have so, not heard of or know anything about. So. Yeah, this is um, it's in French. So okay, be be warned about that. It is. Two hours, two minutes long. So, so is not, it three hours and 30 minutes? <laughs> it's not uh, Seven Samurai. Right. Uh, okay, cool. We'll watch that one. This is a... I remember this being kind of quirky and unusual. Okay. Um, that's a that's a word we used to use a lot about movies. Quirky. Any Wes Anderson film or uh, 
<laughs> some of those. Um, I remember it being pretty good, though. So. Okay, cool. Like, uh, what's the Little Miss Sunshine was quirky? Yeah. Quirky. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about The Mandalorian. Yeah, we kind of skipped that last so week. So I think last week, from our last recording, we're up to the first... No, we didn't talk about it at all last week, did we? No, we did not. Okay, so... I think we've only talked about the first episode. Okay, so we talked about the first episode, and we are up through the fourth episode? Yeah, we have seen through the fourth. So people who okay, are so catching up, it's the, the the fourth one is when the he goes yeah, to the planet if you're, with the, the lady. If you're one of the, one of the three people who still don't have access to Disney Plus and have <laughs> not seen Mandalorian and all of its glory skip ahead and or you're gonna get spoiled so the mandalorian has i've i've gotten some people who not because not everyone has watched it believe it or not i mean there, there's still a lot of people yeah, i know that, that have not point, but. but those people who have not are still very much convinced that they would like to watch it i think i think mm-hmm. a lot of people have been like you know star wars is star wars and i don't have to watch it but then they're like but i what i've heard is that it's like this and that sounds really interesting to me I'm like yeah i mean yeah. what kind of timeline for star wars sorry you have to hear my uh mm-hmm. you have to hear my keyboard here for a second so force awakens was what 16 15 yeah this is only like five years i think after jedi i believe something like that i don't know that's not exactly but it's pretty soon well after. i'm i'm the and force I'm awakens sort of is 30 make, years i'm sort of making a point about um the real world timeline Oh, 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 right. real so, timeline. Okay, yeah. So Force Awakens came out in 15. That's almost five years ago. Okay. Four years ago, let's call it. And ever since then, like, you know, I really enjoyed Rogue One. I'm sure that it was not as, uh, well, I'm, I'm guessing at this, but I assume that it did not pull the numbers that an in-trilogy movie pulled. Yeah. Certainly Solo didn't. Yes. But right. Solo was... Solo underperformed in box offices, mm-hmm. and Last Jedi had this huge controversy. I mean, even in our circle of friends, there are right. people who liked it and people like us who are right and they <laughs> think that it's terrible. Nice. Um, and so the I'm going to use the word fandom, which makes me a little uncomfortable. But the the you know the culture and the hype around Star Wars has been on a strong negative slant for you know a good two two and a half years at least right yeah and so along comes this thing you know our 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 new lord and savior john favreau (laughs) being facetious there don't don't email me right um you know good guy good guy happy uh the chef john favreau here making this making this tv show that people like i've not heard anything really negative about it right everybody is I mean, people might be a little, eh, you oh, know, I, and I went on a whole rant two weeks ago about, about Firefly, but everybody seems to love it. I had a a uh, a friend who is, it's my buddy Dave, he is, <laughs> he's like, he's like pop culture and stuff, you know, that kind You're of stuff. You're making me nervous with your hesitation. Uh, well, he, I'm trying to be nice to him. But he's he's definitely one of those people, maybe one of these people that are like it's popular, therefore I'm I I don't like it, right? I I will find oh, a reason sure. not to like it, 
Um, and, and that's, I talked to him on the phone. He called, I hadn't talked to him in a while and we were talking about stuff. I was like, so what do you think of the Mandalorian? And I expected it to be right up his alley. It's everything that he likes about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't, I, I'm not a real big fan of it. And I was like, I don't understand. He's like, well, baby Yoda. I'm like, that's one of the reasons everybody loves it. You know, I was like, well, <laughs> and, and basically the, the, the long and short of it was that, um, it's not my star Wars type thing, or it's not what I wanted it to be. I wanted a, mm. a movie to be. And I'm like, you know what? The only people who cannot like this are people like that who, who for some reason just don't want to like a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the short version of, of everything I said two weeks ago about Firefly. Like I went into it wanting not to like it and, you know, comparing it to Firefly, which I hold in my head as this whole, and it's not, it's not Firefly at all. Like it's a sci-fi Western. That's where the, similarities end right um but and and i can you know i can see that it's that it's that issue of expectations like if you you go into it expecting not to like it well you're you're probably not gonna like it <laughs> exactly right <laughs> so so uh, the, these episodes have uh so the the second episode was about he fought the jawas there was not a lot of like say story progression he fought the jawas yeah, let's sort of let's sort of go episode by episode sure. so episode two um uh the unnamed mandalorian has acquired the baby yoda who has not been named in any of the you know that's the internet's uh name for him he's not yoda right yeah um he's he's not yoda he's um because nobody knows his race if if all the information we've been given is accurate he's 50 years old and one of our friends did the timeline but this is five years from return of the jedi so um he was alive when Yoda was alive. He, he was alive when Yoda was alive for an overlap of like 45 years. Yeah, a long time, right? Yeah. Um, but he gets his ship looted by Jawas. Yep. And he does a little Indiana Jones thing climbing up their uh, their fortress. Uh, Jawa, whatever that thing is called. I just the Jawa um, fortress, yeah. And then the Sandcrawler, right. The Sandcrawler. He, he goes to make a deal with them. They want him to go get an egg. You know, they send him on a quest. <laughs> they do. Um, <laughs> get a little quest. He, he goes and fights that giant rhinoceros that's he, he from still, something It still else. has one of my favorite scenes there that you're skipping over real quick. I really liked is uh, when he's negotiating with them. The, the two things he does is like he won't get rid of his gun because it's like his religion. And, right. and and the second one is when he gets real ticked off at them, he just shoots them with like a flamethrower over their head. And <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. He's so pissed off. Um, we're gradually getting more and more of this guy's character and more and more of the the lore of the Mandalorians. Yes. Uh, and we you get know, a lot of that in the fourth episode, yes. but in the in the first and second episodes we're just getting these dribs and drabs. In the second episode we learn that um big surprise, this is you know, I did not expect this because it just seems too obvious, but the baby Yoda has force powers. Yeah, right, right. Which uh, is the way we say that. And, like, and they really push it strong in the second episode to, to really make say that, that in, in in universe. But yeah, um, he does that. Uh, Nick Nolte helps him rebuild his ship, and then he leaves. He flies away. I'll tell you what. In, the, the most important part about this whole episode, honestly, to me, and it and it starts to to pan out on every other episode going on is that this is not an invincible Mandalorian. This dude is not a perfect. I mean, he's, he's definitely got a reputation. He's one of the best of the best. He's awesome and amazing, right? but he is not invulnerable. 
Like he always yeah. he gets beat by the Jawas. <laughs> he totally kicks butt and like disintegrates hundreds of them or whatever. He just does tons of stuff, but he he doesn't win, right? Yeah, he he climbs up the thing, and I guess you know for me that sequence it felt like filler, but I can see the value of like not only do they beat him, he gets all the way to the top, and then they beat him. Yeah, just to like really really drive that home. Right, and then he he definitely doesn't win against the rhinoceros, right? Like, right, right. He, so he he doesn't win there. He doesn't win there. And in the next right. several episodes, like two and, or three and four, he doesn't win there either. I mean, again, it's not like he's a wuss or he gets beat up all the time. He's doing awesome things and holding his own against like tons of rogues and stuff. But he still doesn't win without right. like help. And I he's and I a, he's a he's a little bit of a flawed hero. Yeah, and and I which is which is great. That makes him like he's not Superman. That's the big thing. Right. He's not Superman right. here. And uh, which is that's I think Favreau is doing that very intentionally. I, sure. I honestly I, someone was talking to me at lunch. I think it was Aaron or Zahn or somebody or maybe it was Chris was saying we, we were talking about Sam and Samurai in it because you and I compared that in the fourth. We'll get to that in a minute when we get to episode sure. four. But um, that, uh, you know, Chris believes it's a, a making of the team season is that he even though he intentionally has an opportunities to get these people on his team. They either, they decline or he declines mm-hmm. to get them on there. Chris is a strong believer that they will all come back and eventually it'll be, a, this season will be a making of the team. To so, become an, become an ensemble show. In season right. Two. So, so that, that, you know, the Mandalorian is awesome on his own, but he does need help. Right. And, and that's this kind of a, a thing. So in the third episode, he goes back to uh, um, Apollo Creed's planet. Yeah, where, and, where uh, is where is that? Doesn't even it's say not his planet. Right. Uh, they they might say. Actually, I have no idea. Right, yeah. I don't think it's really. Important. I don't think it's relevant. Right. It's where um, it's where the Mandalorians live. Right. They live in hiding. We discover mm-hmm. in this episode. He gets a big, a big thing, a big ice cream maker full of um, Beskar steel yep. mm-hmm. as a reward for handing over the baby Yoda, which is fairly tragic. You're like, it's implied pretty strongly that, um, um, uh, Werner Herzog and his, um, dirty stormtroopers are probably not going to treat the baby very well, but we've sort of learned that this, that this metal is, is sacred to the Mandalorians. And it's, so it's, so it's not just money. It's something that represents survival for his, for his clan. Yeah. Um, and so he makes the deal. He goes back to the, to the blacksmith and you see a, a bunch of other Mandalorians and you see that they're kind of jealous and, and salty at him for the actions that he's taking, working with the, the former empire. And you get, you get a little bit of lore in there, right? You get a right. little bit of, of, you get a little bit more of who the Mandalorians are. You get a little bit of, you know, the empire is gone if you got questions, go take it up with the New Republic, which we don't know anything else about from just this show and the movies alone. But yeah, it's like, yeah, they're, you know, presumably he doesn't say any of this, but five years after overthrowing the Empire, they're probably still struggling to to set up and establish their, you know, their government. Yeah, he, he does say something really just offhanded about when they make that remark about going to the new Yeah, he's like, what a joke. What a joke. Yeah, type thing. So it's not like... like there's it's... And, and even if nothing else, then they're so far from where 
this this is taking place out on the rim yeah. that um they they have no you know they have no resources to to help deal with whatever's exactly. going on out here so also in this and, third one all the guild after he goes and saves baby yoda well y- yeah so he gets he gets all, all new armor made right yeah. mm-hmm. he he completes his quest and gets yeah. some upgraded gear yeah it's very rpg this right. whole just episodes two and three <laughs> and the first one too for that matter right. um he gets new armor and he's about to leave and he sees the little knob missing from one of the controls on his ship that the baby yoda was messing with in an earlier scene and he changes his mind and he's going to go back and right. so then it's a then it's a sort of heist where he breaks in he blows up walls and he shows off a fancy new gadget he got from q earlier in the same episode yeah um and um that actually reminds me weren't we going to watch casino royale this week oh yeah we're going to watch casino royale that's what we're going to watch um because james bond Right in the middle of this conversation, I'll bring it up again. In the outro. <laughs> okay. Um, he saves the he saves the baby, but all of the bounty hunters get called out to stop him. Right, and he fights with them, and then just when all hope is lost, Theoden and the Rohirrim show up <laughs> and blow the horns. And all um, the all the Mandalorians come out of the sky on their jetpacks. It's it's sort of assumed that, um, or you know, you from the information that they give us and other guesses and supposition. The Mandalorians are all in hiding. Um, they were mostly wiped out in something called the Great Purge. And they only come well, out one at a time. That was what They was only come out one at a time, which is probably a kind of um, safety, you know, hide their numbers kind of thing. If they're all wearing their armor all the time, you know, they right. theoretically all look the same. Um, and some people, like of the Mandalorians, have hold that against him because he seems to go out a lot. Right. Um, He goes out a lot and he's working with the former empire. And it's, you know, it's implied from that, that it was the empire who nearly wiped them out. Right. Right. And and another thing that's making this show great is that they're also not some like, there's no one in this series that's perfect except for maybe baby Yoda. I mean, (laughs) no, nobody, everyone's flawed. Everyone has a a checkered thing about them. Even the Mandalorians themselves, they've got people who don't, there's infighting still. Right. And so what what that whole sequence meant to me was that once he turned on these former Imperial people, mm-hmm. you know, soldiers and, and whatnot, then they risk their safety and, and you know, you know, they come out of hiding yep. to help him escape. And, you know, they're going to have to move now. But this is the way. This is the way, right? Yeah, the and and it's a cool like west again western shootout type thing happens mm-hmm. where he's ducking behind the the horses and you know a very a very western moment when uh, he shoots Carl Weathers and Carl Weathers has a few bricks of Beskar steel in his coat that block the bullet. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's straight out of half a dozen westerns, including <laughs> right. Back to the Future Three. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely following a thread here, and and that's that's today at lunch when I talked about even the series as a whole. It was, you know, this is not a complicated show. It's no. you know, it you you don't there's not some y- y- thing that you have to watch. When we talked about spoilers for stuff like today, when our buddy Aaron is wanting to start watch this, and we're like, he, I'm like, you know, there's no besides the Baby Yoda thing. There isn't any spoilers on the internet. People aren't spoiling this because there is no spoilers, really. 
it's not really a story yet. Right. I mean, there's, it's, there's it's, not It's much. very episodic. It's very, you know, the story is advancing, like you're getting information. Right. But there's nothing, nothing really significant that's happened. We think, like, like I, I again, if Chris is right, like maybe every episode is important that later on sure. we'll all tie together. They're you know? moving toward that, but none of that has happened in a way that could be quote unquote spoiled. Exactly. So, so since the viewers, none of the viewers know where we're necessarily going, we can't r- tell where the relevance is, and that's pretty good. If you ask me, that's pretty yeah. good storytelling, right? Like we, that we don't, we have ideas like there's going to be a point where he's going to remove his mask somehow, right? We, and we're going to find mm-hmm. out about baby Yoda. Sure. But none of that's being leaked. None of that's being, you know, said even in any yeah. way. So yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's really good writing and storytelling and acting. And, and I, as everyone has said, it even gets more every episode in this one as well. That the so, uh, the Mandalorian has the actor has some great mannerisms how he just looks yeah, at things. Con- and, considering that we we never see his face, it's just a, a static helmet. Yeah, I mean he he look he picks up the ball right, like you just mentioned the little thing or whatever it is that part on the ship. You know the way he just his movements of his body movements and holds something, you know what's happening here. And right, you know he gets yeah, angry at the a, other Mandalorian. The other Mandalorian is is an angry dude. How do you know that? He's got a mask on, right? Yeah, well, he, you know, he comes up to him and he stands, you know, his body language and a certain, you get all of this information that you don't, like, we notice subconsciously all the time, but without the faces, yeah, you know, it's all, all that information is still there. Right. Um. So going into episode four, we have yep. um, the episode that I called the two samurai. <laughs> totally. Um. It's straight, I mean... From when it starts and you see this village and he comes to this plant, I'm like, oh, is this going to be a Seven Samurai thing? Totally. And, it's like, you know, it's like 100% is, right? Yeah. And, I mean, super straightforward. I mean, nobody nobody dies, but there are only yeah. two of them. It, um, note this we is get directed, the female character, yeah. finally. This is directed, it's important to think of when we talk about this, is it's directed by uh, Ron Howard's daughter. That's right, Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas, who is also known for being in Jurassic World. And I think this might be her first directorial debut. I may Could be. Wrong, be. But I, I know, think. yeah, so the Jurassic World movies and a handful of uh, M. Night Shyamalan. That she's been in, films. yeah. And, and, and I know, yeah. so her directing this, I, I'll be honest, when watching this, I, I know I interrupted you all in the middle of the playback, mm, but fine. but the, the I felt like it wasn't, a, a veteran pro directing this movie. Mm. It, it felt like a TV show for the first time. This felt like a TV show. I mean, the <laughs> so shots of the people, the looks she's directed other things, but they're all, um, shorts. Uh, one, one TV up. That looks like also, well, TV movie segment. Yeah. So probably also a short and some kind of documentaries. It did feel, it just did feel like it was, it felt like, I tell you what, the entire time I kept feeling I was watching like Hercules, the old Hercules TV show and Xena, Warrior Princess stuff. Mm. Like the the explosions and the attacks were just shot and filmed in a way that looked like static camera with explosion. Okay, people bl- shoot in the air, you know, and then. Oh, it's like, it's like somebody gave her a script and she put that script on screen, but didn't, um, didn't really give the actors 
much to work with as far as direction. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or all the rest of it, all the fight scenes. All, and all the, the rest of it. So I'm yeah. not putting her down that it was bad. It just felt like a TV show. You know? Sure. You can tell that it's that it's by a by an inexperienced director. Yeah. So so we sorry to interrupt you. So they get to the planet and he's he's uh, he's going to this new planet. Right. And because uh, he's, he's hiding, just trying, he's to, trying hide to hide away for a while. And yeah. you, you know, that's not going to work. But right. he doesn't know that. Right. And there's a village of farmers and they're being attacked by raiders. Are are the raiders people we know? Are they Tuscan No, we, first of all, we don't know any about them. And also, I don't even know their race. I, I felt, I feel, again, this was a directing thing, is that they looked very much like characters in masks. And it, okay. it bugged me again. like Because it's just the, the way it was shot. Like, wide shots or close-up shot, Not real close-up shots, but like medium shots when they can just... Because you can shoot a thing with characters that are in, in, uh, in masks so that it mm-hmm. doesn't look like they're characters in masks whether it be quick shots or so over the, the shoulder ones or, but this was just, just not real well done. Um, so I felt that those characters were, uh, I know. thought that they were intentionally in masks. No, those were supposed to be aliens. Mm. Yeah. So, and cause they show them several times later on and I'm like, it's just really bad makeup or something. So, oh. yeah, no, none of the other things I've seen in the rest of the series have looked that way. You know, this one did, though. So the the good stuff in this episode is all the interaction with um, the Mandalorian and the native actress. She was good. Um, That was really good. She was in uh, some episodes of Longmire. Okay. Which is about a a sheriff in Wyoming. So they they have a lot of stories involving Mm -hmm. natives because they're bordering a res, a reservation. Um. So all of that was really good. The interactions with him and the, what is she, sh- a shock trooper? Shock oh. trooper. That was cool. So they're they're the like uh, uh, SWAT team, I guess, of of the rebels. Of, of no, of the uh, she was a shock imperial shock trooper that went and became a rebel. I'm gonna have to watch that again, okay. but that's what has because because he definitely calls her a shock trooper, which is yeah, is a, but a she was. Trooper. But she was working for um, the, the Republic, yes, the Rebellion, and got bored yes. with all of the the dip- diplomatic guard duty and stuff. And because she didn't it. sign up for that, she signed up to be in a, uh, like a big warrior in battle. Yeah, and the her. the war is over type thing, so she doesn't have that anymore. Um, but she's there with like some. She's got some bounties on her. She maybe even be like a deserter of some sort, but I'm not sure. Um, but she was she's awesome. She has a great. I think she has a great scene when she fights him for the first time right right like when she's punching him in the face with the metal mask yeah you get the like like he's covered in armor and she's still fighting him like barehanded (laughs) right totally totally kicking his butt with that which was pretty great um yeah beyond that i i didn't care for her too terribly much um again i felt that there was directing and writing there she didn't have a lot to work with it'll yeah it'll take some more it's more doing, and I expect she'll come back because I've seen her in like posters and stuff. Well, a lot of all of them have like in the big poster scene that you see, you see IG eighty eight, which is the assassin droid. You see the Nick Nolte character, and you see her. So right. you're like, these seem to be characters that are important, mm-hmm. but we only see them for a little bit. So also problems I had, I felt like I'm nagging on four, but four was a little bit the low side for me. Was that like they set everything up. Not only did it, was it very seven samurai, it was kind of like 
we're going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in this next scene by we're going to dig a big pit and he's going to come in. And, <laughs> and I'm like, they just told us what's going to happen. And then they spend the next 15 to 20 minutes trying to make that one thing happen. Right. You know, and it's like, uh, there's, there was just no surprise or big stuff. Like yeah. This on IMDb, this episode has the lowest ranking and by lowest ranking, I mean, it's 7.9. Yeah. All right. Right. It's still not bad. It's still but not bad. episode three had a, had a 9.3. Yeah. So some of the, some of the lines delivered by the little kids about like, I'll miss you, you know, talk mm-hmm. about the baby and like it just There's a weird you know, like, Yeah, they do a weird sort of time compression that's not immediately obvious. Yeah. Um but we get we get more um lore about the Mandalorians we again do. with um the stuff about us. I mean, that's what we've been saying at least my family and friends since like the second or third episode we're like uh but then how does he washed does it eat get, yeah. get a hair is it man in the iron mask kind of thing does he need a haircut yeah or when does he eat or whatever and then you see that it is it's just never in public it's yeah, he, never he when anyone it. else can see and he takes it off in that scene and sets it down and i'm like in front he's of like 20 feet window. from a bunch of kids yeah like, all I gotta do is <laughs> that's what my there. sister said when we were watching it's like what what the heck i think he closed the windows or something you know but yeah the and and i liked some of the the stuff in there i liked how um, I, I wish I knew her name, the the big strong lady, the shock trooper lady, because she she says like um, the, he Ka- should Cara Dune, st- yeah, her character he should stay uh, with Carino her. Gina Carino is the actress. Yeah, she was in Deadpool. Carano, yeah, probably pronouncing that. She wrong. uh, how she says like I like the the interaction when, with him and her when she's like you should just stay here. Why would you not? You know that you can have a great life and with a great woman and. Here's your mm-hmm. opportunity, and he's like, "No, this like it's kind of like the this is the way type thing." Yeah. Uh, so it was good. I liked it. Episode four. Um, so how are you feeling about like the series as a whole at this point? I mean, so far so good. We're halfway right? through, right? There's a there's chapter five tomorrow. Yeah, and then I think is it next? Not next week. The, not week, next after week after will be early because it's the same week as. The movie coming out, and that's but, the last uh, one, right? I believe it's, it's no, there it, are eight, right? So but I thought I thought that the one last one after. ended. Oh, there is one more after. Okay, yeah, I thought it ended at the last Jedi, but I guess I'm wrong. Mm. Yeah, they they do or not last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, right? So that um, yeah, just we have we're halfway through here. Um, I'm I'm digging it. I'm I'm starting to notice, just like I said earlier, that the uh, that he is a character that's not supposed to be invincible or right i mean he is totally a badass he's as cool <laughs> as boba fett if not cooler now but he is not invulnerable right right and he will hold his own against anybody and totally but but there are other people that you know can can take him down a peg yeah Who, who's your who's your favorite oh here's another thing, another thing too i saw a picture today like a drawing of like baby Yoda on his shoulder or something and, and okay. him, him doing a cool, like walk down, just walk pose in a Western kind of vibe <laughs> thing with this baby Yoda kind of on his back shoulder type thing. And, and I thought when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Some people are looking at this like baby Yoda thing is like, okay, this is weird to have him like this tough bounty hunter guy, have a baby with him. But honestly, if that was his character, like we see Luke with R2 all the time. You know, it's like yeah. they have like little 
there are characters all over the place that have like a, an extra pet or an extra little thing mm-hmm. that's always with them. Like if this character just, we have Han that has Chewie. Yeah. Right. If this character was just, we were introduced to him and one thing he had was like a little Yoda baby thing that he carried along with him all the time. That would just be an interesting quirk of this character. Here we just get to see how that happens. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's clearly, I mean, at least it seems that way to me. There are two stories. Yeah. Right. And they're connected, but there's a story of this baby Yoda and the story of this guy. Right. I wonder right if they will solve the Baby Yoda thing. You think that he'll always have the Baby Yoda thing? I don't know. I feel like it has to become important in some way. It's like, uh, <laughs> I can't help keep bringing this show back to this, but it's like Summer Glau, yeah. uh, River Tam in, yeah. in Firefly. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's important. It's, it's the thing we got to know about, right? Thing. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 will, I will leave this subject with this thing that we, that we saw today about how... Um, um, you know, if this was Ryan Johnson directing this, he would just uh, kill Baby Yoda, and we would never know anything about him. You know? <laughs> just defeat expectations. You know, we should we should at some point go see uh, Knives Out and see if that is any good. Is that a Ryan Johnson movie? Yeah, it is, and our our buddy Fox has been raving about it. So oh, okay. Well, we always said that there was something against Ryan Johnson. It's just that he didn't make a Star Wars what we what most people thought was you know. A yeah, next, a next I'm, movie I'm, in a series of movies. I'm sure he had he had quote unquote help making that movie what it was. Oh sure, yeah. Um, okay, well we're we're starting to run a little long. I wanted to sort of run through the games that I bought on Switch over the holiday and okay. and played just a little bit of. Sure. Um, I'll I'll give the list and maybe a, a short description of each. Okay. Um, uh, I bought. I just bought one Bast- game this year. So yeah, I bought Bastion finally, but I've not played that yet. Okay. Um, I bought Torchlight Two. I played that for two sessions on the um, Switch. On the Switch. Oh, these are all games I bought on the Switch. Oh, okay. Um, the new season started in Diablo Two, so uh, three, and so I played that for a little while, and then I started buying these other games. Okay. Um, Torchlight Two was on sale, and you had talked about it, and I played the first one a little bit, and so I got it and tried it, and I didn't love. The feel of it, like everything felt kind of off. Okay. Um, I gave it another shot like the next day and I was like, this is still pretty good. I think given the choice, because it's, you know, the new season has, has gotten me into it just a mm-hmm. little bit. Like I would still play Diablo three first. Oh, yes, um, for sure. But but it's it's not a bad um, little game, at least for as much of it that I played. Yeah, I, th- um, I think I think Torchlight 2 is very much the. Uh, now that I'm done with Diablo, I'd like another Diablo, but not Diablo. Yeah, like if you do everything you want to do in a season or get burned out. Right, but, and, and as soon as a Diablo expansion would come out, you bet I'm putting Torchlight 2 on pause and playing Diablo, but yeah. but it's still a good game it's, of that yeah, genre. Yeah, it's, it's also like half the price, so yeah, exactly, there you go. Exactly, exactly. Um, I finally got Slay the Spire, which is a game everybody has raved about this year. or I've, Yeah, maybe, I've heard about. Yeah, Maybe so, last year. It's a... It's a card deck building like did you play um night of the full moon yes i like the ios game i think this is the original version of that maybe or maybe they came out kind of the same time um it's much more minimal and it's in its style but you you pick cards and you you play and you fight and it's roguelike so you get to a certain point and you lose and then you start over yeah um that's a thing 
that appeals to a certain audience, a certain kind of person. I'm sure that I'll play more of it when I get to uh, having more time to... How much was that? Um... I got it on sale for eighteen. I think it. Wow. I think it was twenty. It that didn't seems, really go on sale. Like, that seems like a lot for that kind of a game. Sure. I don't know if it's. It's definitely on other platforms. The Switch version might be a little bit higher. And like I said, it wasn't on sale. Yeah. I just bought it because I'd heard about it. Um, I like also Night of the Full Moon is only like five bucks. What's that? Night of the Full Moon is only like five dollars. Right. 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 So maybe there's some more depth to this and to that. Maybe. And I just haven't, I didn't play sure. enough of it to, to get that. Um, I bought a game that I had, I had heard about on one of the podcasts I listened to called Baba is you. Okay. Uh, this is another game that got a lot of really positive reactions. Yep. Um, how to describe this. Um, it's fully top down, like squares on a grid. Except not squares, but like you're playing a little rabbit and you occupy a square and you can move in four directions. Right? Okay. So that's the that's the graphical style. And then on the board will be squares that are words. So uh, this is the, the name of the game will be made of three squares. One square says Baba, one says Is, and one says You. Okay. And they're lined up horizontally or vertically to spell that phrase. And if you move the little rabbit down and you push on one of those squares so that the so they're not lined up anymore, you'll die. Okay. And it's got a, you know, you hit X to undo if you do anything wrong. But that's the basic I only played the first like 7 or 8 levels, but there'll be things like um, there'll be a phrase on the map that says wall is stop. And if I can get to that phrase and push one of those cubes out of the way or out of alignment, now I can walk through the wall. The wall doesn't stop me anymore. Oh, okay. Um, and then there'll be like flag is win, but okay. I can't get to the flag cause there's lava in the way. So I could make it say I can push the word wall over next to it so it says wall is win now i could just walk into the wall and i w- and it so it's puzzles oh okay weird right and like like all puzzle games it gets increasingly complex mm-hmm. um as you play but it's it's really cool uh you know i played it for about an hour yeah and so that one's pretty good um the one that i've spent the most time with and again it's been in the last week so uh whatever that's worth is uh, SteamWorld Quest colon hand. Oh yeah, this, uh, yeah. I I like SteamWorld games. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we talked about game. this. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we talked about SteamWorld a couple months ago. Um, this is another one I heard about on uh, the uh, the podcast Core, which used to be about Heroes of the Storm and is now just generic gaming stuff. But I still listen to it because I like the three hosts. But yeah. Um. So the SteamWorld games. As you know, they're this kind of uh, robot steampunk. Mm-hmm. And they're all of, different. Very different they're, genres. They're all different. I I bought and played um, Heist, the one on, on iOS. Well, there are a handful of them on iOS. Um, the one that's like a, it's like a ricoch- ricochet shooter sort of thing, turn-based. 
turn-based shooter so you know you move so far and then you line up your shot and take it and then the enemy gets a turn yeah um played that a little bit on phone and and ipad um this one is an adventuring card game i played a couple of these kind of games yeah so and i um, like them i enjoyed them you you start out with these two characters uh one of them's a you know cartoonish hero paladin kind of you know she has a bunch of uh grand phrases and is always monologuing and then the the bookish kind of magic user with glasses and um and stuff who's always she's a little more nervous but she's like you know we got to go find this mushroom so we can do this and this and so they have a lot of that kind of dialogue that you read and skip through and the the um the world is split up into uh there's sort of rooms even though it's it's outdoors i don't know what to compare this to but it looks like an old school uh side scroller like um yeah street fighter right but you don't but you just play the cards and they do the things right right well you walk around right like uh like in a final fantasy game and then when you get close to an enemy they'll aggro onto you and you go into combat mode got it like uh like a pokemon right um and the characters have cards that are their actions and eventually you get a third robot um and you get a hand, right, of like six cards, and each robot has eight cards in their deck. So there's some of that deck building mechanic, but the decks are so small that you can't get too overwhelmed with it. Okay. Um, and you also get the cards sort of drip fed to you, so you're also not overwhelmed with like, you know, here are your 20 cards, pick eight of them. Yeah. Um, you start out with a default deck and then you slowly get upgrades and swap them out. And you're like, okay, well, this one is like this, but, you know, so there's that deck building, but it's not too overwhelming. It's, um, it's similar to, um, like getting gear in a game like Diablo. Okay. So, you know, I'll get an opportunity, I'll loot a card or I'll find the vendor where you can craft cards and get a couple new cards. And then I'll go into my deck and say, okay, what do I want to drop? to add one or two of these. Um, and the, the decision-making is simpler. And then when you get into the combat, you always play three cards, and each of the enemies play one. So it's, at least for the first three chapters, which is as far as I got, um, it's all pretty easy. You know, it ramps up in difficulty, and I'm sure you could start at a higher difficulty. Sure. Um, then there are... There are combo mechanics, like if you play three cards from the same character, um, they'll play, they'll have a fourth card that is some, you know, some power move. Okay. And there's this currency where you have cards with no cost that will generate, I think it's called steam or something. Okay. Um, Each one of those will generate one steam, and then there are other cards that do a bunch of damage or something that costs steam to play. And that accumulates, the bar goes up to like 10 or 20. So, but in a normal turn, you're never going to earn more than three. So there's that sort of long playing thing where you're like, I'm going to spend a couple turns just doing small attacks and buffs 
that costs nothing so that when I draw it, I can play the cost three, cost two, cost four and do a big, you know, big damage round. Um, oh, right, right, right. But, all, but all of that is really is really fun to play. Um, I think maybe it has some settings to like speed up animations and stuff if you want that. But I never um, the 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 speed and and reactiveness of it never felt too um, too slow. Like that's how I feel playing the old school Pokemon games. Oh right, like, yeah. all the all the animations and dialogues and stuff take so long. I'm like, I'm just gonna do these same actions. It's just farming. Can you it's just right. just go quickly? Accelerate skip, me past this stuff, please. Right. Um, but that was all really fun. So I wanted to to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to. I want to. I want to play it. It's uh, it Switch started out Switch right exclusive, but I think Steam. it is coming to Steam. Yeah. yeah, well, it's already on Steam. Oh, it's, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's not. I want it to come on the other consoles and, and play, or ah, even sure. iPhone, and and play right. that. But you know, it's. It, I'm sure it'll be there at some point. It's. Not like I don't have enough games to play, but that yeah, looks I, like a very fun game. I played game. most of it. I played most of it like in a room full of people, so I had my console muted, and then I played a little bit of it the other night with the sound turned on. And there's actually really cool music with it. Oh uh, yeah, which is you know kind of see that, but right, awesome. Yep, good times. I uh, my game was um, Mortal Kombat 11, which came out oh, yeah. in April, and. I'm a big Mortal Kombat fan, and I like fighting games. The problem with fighting sure. games is that they, if you don't have someone to play them with, it's just not fun. I mean, yeah. it, it just really, I mean, you can play online, but I, as I mentioned, my buddy Bill is that uh, that's just like playing the computer. You know, mm. you, you don't have interactions, you don't talk to people. It's not the same thing. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, but Mortal Kombat has had for the last, at least the last three games, including this one, a fantastic story, a fantastic single player game, and. This one's no exception. It's really good, and it's really fun to play. Um, and the game itself is really fun to play. And then once that's done, they have a whole bunch of extra stuff that makes you feel that like your purchase was worth it. Not just mm-hmm. this, not just like when you buy a Street Fighter or any other kind of fighting game, you just get the like fighting part, right? This has all sorts of unlockables and way to mm-hmm. make money, and then this like extra. I don't want to get into it, but like an, an island that you go to and has puzzles and you have to fight your way through and get stuff to unlo- do other unlocks for the main game and your characters. And then the characters themselves, they've got a character modifier, I guess, that you can modify the moves and um, oh, yeah. stuff of yeah. characters. They talked about that on Core, too. I'm not a super... I played a little bit of uh, right. in the first Injustice game when I was playing the mobile game. Right. I, liked, right. I liked the story, and it was weird seeing the parallels from the mobile version to the PC version. Yeah, but... NetherRealm did that did that as well. Like so yeah. they did the three good stories for uh, Mortal Kombat. They also did the two good stories for Injustice. So they do good fighting game mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. you know person things. So I really and I bought it for really on the cheap for Black Friday and it, it's been really fun and I I'm I I'm about over halfway through the main story I think and I'm enjoying it and going to keep playing it. So uh, I bought uh, Marvel vs. Capcom about a year ago, two or something, and played it for a day and regretted spending the money mm. <laughs> because it's just basic. It's it's an awful story, awful, awful, mm. and I mean just in, atrocious, you know, graphics. Anyway, and it's but the mainly the game is just playing there to be played in like tournaments, right? It's it's made for the um, what's it called the esports. 
Yeah. Right. Like you, you buy, you get the fighting game so that you can play it in a tournament setting type thing. It's like, well, if you don't yeah, play like, in a tournament like setting. Like Smash Brothers. Yeah. Or, it's just not fun unless you're playing with other people. So anyway, sure. this one was good. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really glad I bought it. If you're a casual Mortal Kombat fan, it's worth picking it up. And it's, they've done some good stuff with this series. So cool. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Um, we talked about this in the middle of the of the Mandalorian talk, but I forgot that offline we had agreed to watch Casino Royale, the 2000, I don't know, the mid-2000s James, James Bond reboot first, uh, no, reboot is a strong word, because it, it really, felt, it felt like um, a reboot. They, type thing. they rebooted it with Pierce Brosnan in the 90s, but yeah. um, the first uh, Daniel Craig with uh, Evergreen, who is, who is my favorite Bond of all really? the bonds he yeah. really he really is i mean i liked before him i, I was a um a sean connery bond so he's mm-hmm. very he's very a sean connery bond that's true that's true i was i think i leaned mostly toward toward sean connery before before daniel craig and i've not seen all of them there's at least like i think specter i haven't seen and oh maybe one other one that, that's a good one because i actually i put specter on i saw the new trailer to the new bond which is a continuation of Spectre. Like it's, it leads right. A lot of these, all of these new bonds have all threads that are all tied together, Mm. which is good. So watching one, you know, about the other and you know about the other and it's, that's really good. Maybe Um, once we, uh, once we finish this poster, maybe we'll go and watch uh, those. Maybe not, probably not all of them, but maybe a select like dozen. They're, they're pretty, they're, they're good. The, I was sold on um, the, this bond, uh, Daniel Craig Bond in the very first one in this next movie when at the early scene he's chasing a guy down the middle of wherever like Cairo or something and the dude is one of those like parkour guy kind of guys so mm-hmm. as he's running through the streets the guy's doing parkour and flipping and then he goes into this there's this like small window that's like one foot by two feet you know it's a rectangle more like a vent window Uh, Mm -hmm. in this wall and the guy does a parkour move where he like launches himself feet first and he's real skinny so he like goes through that window into the other room (laughs) and daniel craig's chasing him and daniel craig's a big beefy guy right yeah yeah and and he just he just instead of trying to do that fancy move he just busts through the drywall (laughs) like head forward and i'm like yeah that's that's the kind of bond i like that he's just like head first you know plow through things so that's funny um so anyway i'm well are we gonna do that one instead of amelie yeah, I think let's stick to the to the plan, and then we'll watch Amelie uh, next week. Okay, so Dan- Daniel Craig's uh, Casino Royale, cool. Casino Royale, yeah. And I have I have more to say on that, but I'll save it till for the actual. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I I like the I'm, I like this new Bond stuff, so I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. So excited for this. All right, man. Good. Yeah. For wrap we, us we, up. We saved uh, four lives. I think it said on there. Four lives. Yeah, on my little tracker. Four lives. <laughs> You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 119. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show, KlingonsAndDragons.com. Just put up a new episode last week. Um, it's not safe for work. Also, the, this last episode is a, is a rough one. We lost Captain Chris's recording, so I had to pull his audio <laughs> out of the Discord track, which... Doesn't sound very good, but mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, if you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com. 
on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. We got contact forms, comment boxes on every episode, show notes. I know there were things I said <laughs> on this show that I'll have to put show notes in for, so check that stuff out. Um, if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us, and until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. Take front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Thank you.